The scripture today is taken from John, the sixth chapter, the first through the fourteenth verses. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain, and he sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and he saw a large crowd coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for all these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, 5,000 in all. And then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments that are left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is coming to the world. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. For the next four weeks, I'm going to be talking about money a little bit, which is appropriate, uh, to be honest. Jesus talked about money almost more than anything else, and that has that is probably because it plays such a significant role in anyone's life, and in our lives are no different than that. And, and we are in this month when we start thinking about how are we going to support the budget of the church, the ministries that we do here, the things that we do that are so impactful in our community and make such a difference in people's lives, as we heard from Rhea uh, wonderfully a, a moment ago. Uh, and so it is appropriate that we kind of uh, talk about all of that. Uh, and I have two goals in mind as we go through the next month. One is that we learn how we spend our money as an extension of our faith. How we spend our money is a reflection of our faith, and it impacts the kingdom of God. And uh, Jesus is going to make that case, and I'll help him out as best I can. Uh, the other goal I have is that we, give, we commit to giving appropriately to the church to support the ministries that we do here and in the city of Salt Lake. So I've, I've just given you the ending. That's exactly where I'm going with all this. And so you can just uh, hold on tight and have fun. 
And our text today kind of gets us started on these two goals. It's a story about abundance where we once saw scarcity. And Jesus is out there, he's teaching, and a crowd comes and follows, and he looks around and he asks, where are we going to buy bread for all these people? Now, he's, it's kind of a trick question. It's interesting that, that Jesus doesn't ask if there's enough money to buy food. It's funny that his question is centered around where is the, where is the nearest source? Where are we going to buy food for all these people? Uh, he's kind of making a lot of assumptions for, you know, the first one is that we want to buy food for all these people. <laughs> and then that we have some kind of resource that would allow us to do that. His question is, where's the nearest uh, grocery store? Where's the Wiggly Piggly or Piggly Wiggly or whatever those are? He wants to know where it's at. You know, this is where Jesus and I kind of think the same way. I say stuff like this all the time and it makes Dennis's head explode. Right? I want to, <laughs> I don't think, uh, I, I want, you know, I want to know what kind of signs we're going to get and where we can get a new, new sound equipment and, uh, that we need and what kind of dish sink might be good for the kitchen. And it never occurs to me, he asked, if there's any money there. Fortunately, in this community, I don't have to. I have a lot of people telling me that there's no money. <laughs> and yet, Jesus and I still want to ask those questions. Where are we going to find all this <laughs> Uh, and, you know, and I think I approach it that way because I, I think that if it's important, we will get the money. This community is great at this. If it's important, we will get the money. Amen? If it's important, if it's what God wants us to be doing, we will get the money. Amen? The money has always found its way into our hands. The disciples are perplexed as Jesus approaches this question, and they start to do the math, and they realize they could never in a million years feed or buy enough food to feed all these people. And then a little boy is brought to them by Andrew. Andrew's always bringing people to, to Jesus. But Andrew brings this little boy who's willing to share his food. That it is a child who delivers the goods is significant in this story. See, children, children were not uh, really a big deal in Jesus' time. They were more of a nuisance than anything, and they should be seen but not heard. And they really had no status in society. And yet, Jesus makes this child an example of what true faith looks like. He brings what he has and he shares it. And Jesus uses him as an example. My father did this to me once. When I was about Virginia's age, about 11 or 12 years old, we were at some fundraising function for something in the Air Force. I have no idea what it was for. Probably the, some memorial or something like that. And he was giving a speech and he was trying to get people to give money. And he said, my son is going to start it out by giving 20 bucks to this, to this fundraiser. And I was sitting in the banquet hall, way in the back, way, and so I sheepishly walked forward and gave my dad my last $20 <laughs> for something I had no idea for. But the effect was great. Uh, all, these, uh, all these generals and everybody started coughing up the money, right? It was all about that, right? So it was very effective. Certainly if this little kid can contribute a little bit of money, all the rest of us can. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. Certainly if this little kid can share what he has, how much more 
would we be able to share given our abundance? And Jesus blesses the gift for the purpose of feeding the people who were gathered there. Jesus blesses that gift, but with a purpose for feeding the people that are there. And there is more than enough. Amen? There is more than enough. It's often, as it is often, as it is for the disciples in this story, it's often difficult to see abundance in our midst. How easy it is to look around and say, there is not enough. As a culture, we're trained to constantly want more and to observe that there is not enough. My kids have this down pat. You can open up the refrigerator and like food is falling out of the refrigerator, falling out on the floor. Good stuff too. Vegetables and fruit and all kinds of those pepperoni that you can just eat out of the bag, that kind of thing, right? You're just falling out of the... We got nothing to eat. You all have this experience? Eat something. Have, make a sense. No, there's nothing to eat. Really? There's nothing to eat. There is a ton to eat. The cupboards are, are full. I can't find room for the stuff we have to eat. And yet we're trained to think that if it's not something in particular, if we don't have certain things, then it is not enough. And it's odd they find themselves in this situation. And as a church, we often look at what God wants us to do and what we can realistically accomplish. And we say, there's not enough. To this, Jesus replies, there is more than enough. We have more than enough people here to accomplish what God has for us to do. It, in a lot of ways, we seem like a small congregation. There's still a lot of room in the pews. There's still parking out in the parking lot. Where we feel small sometimes. But as someone who came here from a 40-member church, this isn't small. We have, we have a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here. And we can accomplish, and we have accomplished, a lot with the people that God has brought together. We have more than enough resources, more than enough time, talent, and yes, we have more than enough money, enough treasure to do everything that God wants us to do. Now part of the problem is it's still in your pocket or your purse, but we have more than enough to accomplish everything that God has for us to do. That's, God has called us together for a purpose and has brought you here, I believe. I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe we're all here to be a part of something big, something God-sized, and has equipped us with every resource we need to accomplish those things. And the way God equips us as a church is through you. Amen. You are the church. You are the equipment. <laughs> you are the resource we have for accomplishing all that God has for us to do. And it really comes down to what this little boy did. It comes down to sharing. Here's a little boy whose mom had the wherewithal to pack a lunch for him. I don't know what was going on with the rest of these yahoos. But this little boy left with a lunch. That's a good mom right there, right? Uh, he had enough for himself. And it wasn't anything special, fish, bread, and he was willing to share it. We all have gifts, we all have talents, we all have resources that God has given and which God has brought 
together to this place. And it's up to us to share what we have of our time and our treasure to contribute to the ministries that we do as a church. We are all called together. And I know some of you feel like you don't have much to give time-wise, talent-wise, and treasure-wise. But you wouldn't be here if you didn't have something to contribute. And the church only exists because for more than a century, this church only exists because for more than a century, people have been willing to give of their time, talent, and treasure. And God has blessed it. Here's a little education. For, you know, we have a lot of folks who didn't grow up Baptists here. And so let me, let me educate you. There's not a, there's not a big body uh, in Valley Forge, PA, which is where our headquarters are. There's not a big body who, who supports this church. In fact, we support the big body. We send money to the denomination to support their broad ministry of resourcing the churches, right? So we give them a portion of our money so that they can do the ministry that supports us as a church. We support this church. It's owned and operated by all of you. I work for you. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't let you know that off the bat, but I work for all of you. Uh, and, And the ministries we do together are only done because of you. Uh, only done by you. There's no one else. This is a lay, a laity-run organization. Uh, it, is, it is all of us together maintaining this sacred space, reaching out into the community and transforming the world around us, helping each other grow in faith and fellowshipping together as a community of Christ. And it's just us. And for more than a hundred years, this ragtag group of lay persons who are not trained in, uh, in uh, uh, management or, or uh, nonprofit organizations, we have made it happen. Because God has blessed us and called us and brought us together. How many thousand lives have been changed by the work of this church. We heard about one today. How many people have received hope, healing, faith, nurture, support, and love because of our ministry together? How different this city might have been had we not been here to make an impact? How many people have been fed because we feed them? How many people have been clothed because we clothe them? How many prisoners and shut-ins and, and folks who are sick have been visited and prayed over because we visited and we prayed over them. How many people have found their faith, grown their faith, regained their faith because of the ministry we do together? And it's only because you are willing to share that which God has given you. Amen? Jesus has blessed us. And that's the thing. That's the key, ultimately. You know, if that whole group of people were out on the hillside, if the disciples had gathered 5,000 people to sell them Amway, I don't think God would have blessed their efforts. But because Jesus was there to feed them with more than just food and fish, I hope you get that this is a symbolic uh, thing going on here, that this is an allegory. There is more going on than just loaves and fishes, but that God is there to, that Jesus is there to feed their soul. God blessed them and there was more 
than, en- than enough. Jesus has been blessing us, but it begins with our willingness to bring what we have that it may be blessed and multiplied. Amen? Let us pray. Our loving and gracious God, we hear your call to be people who are willing to bring their time, talent, and treasure so that the ministry you have called us to, the things you have for us to do, the furthering of the kingdom of God in this corner of the planet that you have given us to do can be accomplished. Help us to examine our own selves and our own uh, use and resource, uh, use and stewardship of the resources you have given us. We ask all this in the wonderful and powerful name of Christ. Amen.